Hey everyone, it's Beth McCord with your Enneagram Coach, the podcast, where we're going to help you to understand yourself with astonishing clarity so that you can break free from self-condemnation, fear, and shame by knowing and experiencing the unconditional love, forgiveness, and freedom in Christ. And we do that in a bunch of different ways on our website, yourenneagramcoach.com. In the upper right-hand corner, you can start by doing our free assessment where you can learn what your main Enneagram type is. Now, all assessments are only to guide you, to point you forward, but a way to really get to know all the types to verify or confirm your type is to watch our Discovering You course. This is going to help you to understand what the Enneagram is, how to use it, and an overview of all nine types. But once you've found your type, then you're going to want to get our Exploring You course. And this is where I'm going to coach you through five video sessions with guide sheets that are customized just for your type so that you can learn, stretch, and grow without becoming overwhelmed. And for those of you that are in relationships, we have a course just for your relationship. See, there are 45 different couple combinations out there. And so we have 45 courses where we're going to help you to learn what it's like when you're not doing so well, but also to give you hope and a path of growth and transformation for your relationship. That's called Becoming Us. Now, for those of you that want to be a certified Enneagram coach because you want to bless others with this incredible information, we have a course called Become an Enneagram Coach. We would love for you guys to join us. We have over 600 coaches in 20 different countries. But today, we're going to learn more about Type 7s. Now, Type 7s are called the Entertaining Optimist. And when you're looking at any type, you want to focus in on their core motivations. The core motivations help us to understand why any type thinks, feels, and behaves in particular ways. Because everything about the Enneagram is all about the why. Why do you think, feel, and behave in this way? And it's our core motivations. See, we have a core fear that we're always running away from or trying to prevent. We have a core desire, what we're trying to obtain. A core weakness, it's our Achilles heel, the thorn in our side. It shows us we are dependent on Christ all the time because we are weak, but he is strong and his grace is sufficient for us. And then we have a core longing, a message our heart longs to hear that we have tried to get from all different kinds of sources here on earth, but none of it can fully satisfy us. Only Christ, the spring of living water can fully replenish us in this area. Now, let me dive into what the core motivations are for type seven. The type seven's core fear, what they're running away from or trying to prevent is being deprived, trapped in emotional pain, limited, bored, and missing out on something fun. So they're the true FOMOs of the world, but they're desiring to be happy, fully satisfied and content. Now their core weakness is feeling of gluttony. Now, This isn't about food, though they do love a lot of their things to try uh, with food and snacks and all those kinds of things. This is actually where they feel the great emptiness inside and they have this insatiable desire to fill themselves up with experiences and stimulation in hopes of feeling completely satisfied and content. Now think of the sevens as having an empty bucket inside. They're just trying to fill this thing up so they can finally feel satisfied and content. And so they go from thing to thing and stimulus to stimulus, all the fun in the world to fill this up. But 
they also have, it's like they have holes at the bottom of their bucket. And so the more they fill up and they look down, it's like, what, what just happened? It's not full. I'm not fully satisfied. I've got to keep filling it up. Now, you could also think of it as like, let's say a kid who's starving and all of a sudden they look around and there's cotton candy everywhere. Well, who doesn't want cotton candy, right? Like that seems fun, exciting, tasty. And so this kid would go from thing to thing to thing, cotton candy from cotton candy, eating it, tasting the richness of it, but it can't fully satisfy him, right? It's just cotton candy. It's just fluff. It's just sugar. So sevens, we're hoping that sevens will learn that in order to fill this empty space inside, they have to plug up those holes. And that's when they become more grounded, more focused on the blessings that they already have around them. And then they start to have gratitude as they savor what they already have. As they begin to do this, those holes start to plug up, the experiences fill up and they start to feel content and satisfied. Now, that doesn't mean it's always going to be perfect, but those are the things that can really help the seven. Now, what they long to hear is you will be taken care of and only Christ can satisfy that completely because sevens are fully taken care of by Christ. Now, let me explain the whole you will be taken care of because a lot of times sevens will say, I don't get it. What does that really mean? Well, think of sevens, this desire for more, kind of like a kid, you know, kids are like, mom, can I go to Chuck E. Cheese? Can I go to the movies? Can I go to um, Baskin Robbins, you know, and on and on. And even if your parents are like, yes, 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 yes. There is a point where our parents have to say, hey, we've got to go back home, take a bath. We've got to do our chores, do our homework. And oh, the agony for the seven, right? No, I still need more. I am not fully satisfied or content because of that empty bucket inside, right? And so it feels as though I'm not being taken care of because there's more to fill. Even though the parents did a great job, and of course, we all have different families. So some sevens didn't have families that even did these things. But just to understand that for the seven, even if the parents did a great job trying to give them all these things, there's always more. The seven has this insatiable desire. And so it feels like no one is taking care of them fully. They have to be independent and do it themselves. But Christ is there for them to take care of them. He is the spring of living water. You can drink as much as your heart's desire to be filled up and to be satisfied. And that can bring so much rest for the seven to know that it's not up to them, that the work has already been done through Christ for them to fully enjoy. Now, to understand sevens is that they radiate positivity and happiness, but also understand that internally that they're always longing for more and fearful that they're going to miss out on something. And so they're constantly thinking of the next things that they could do to fill up, meaning they could be in something right now and they're thinking of plans B, C, D, and E in case this starts to get boring or not satisfying and they can pivot really quickly. Now, I have a friend who this whole idea of the next fun thing was, you know, really true for her. She lives in Orlando and Disney was going to have a new ride in a couple months and she couldn't wait. 
And finally, the day was here for her to go and try this new ride. So they went and her and her husband got on the ride and they start going through the ride and she's having a blast. But midway through, all of a sudden, she turns to him and talks about the next ride she wants to go on. So even in the midst of the very thing she'd been waiting months for, she's off to the next thing. And that's how the seven's minds work. What's the next thing? What's the next thing? How can I be satisfied, you know, later? in fear that they're going to be trapped in emotional pain, boredom, and missing out on on fun things. So this pursuit of happiness and always wanting stimulation can be exhausting for them and those around them because of that insatiable desire. What you'll also find is sevens really struggle feeling trapped in any kind of emotional pain or conflict or issues that are at hand that brings negativity towards them. So you're going to see them reframing what they're going through into the positive or what someone else is saying into the positive because they don't want to stay in any kind of negativity that's really going to pull their hearts into directions that they don't want to go. But when their heart is aligned with the truth of the gospel, they will know that they will be provided for in the way God sees is good for them. And so they're going to have a much more grounded and restfulness, and they're going to be more focused on being productive and doing the next right thing. Now, the focus of attention for sevens, like let's say when they enter a room or they're in a new situation, is best case thinking to provide exciting stimulation and to avoid anything that brings them discomfort. But just like everyone else, they're going to have their high moments and their low moments where they're healthy or average, which is autopilot mode or unhealthy. And we talk about this at your Enneagram coach as understanding the levels of alignment with the gospel. See, when we're healthy, we're aligned with the truth of the gospel, and we know, believe, and trust that we are his children, dearly loved. So we're going to live out in that mindset and in that heart condition as being his beloved. And the things that you'll see in the seven in this regard is that they're going to fully enjoy the blessings that they have in Christ because they're filling themselves up by being with Christ. Basically like the spring of living water, drinking from that source. And so this allows them to stay more present in any given moment see those blessings that are around them, savoring it, and being able to enjoy and have gratitude for what Christ has provided for them. And in this, this allows their hearts to rest in a place of deep gratification, and they're able to deal with life as it really is, where there could be sadness or even boredom, <laughs> um, things that might make them feel uncomfortable because they're not super positive or fun. They're able to actually sit in disappointment because they know that Christ gives them the strength to walk through these times in growing and helping themselves and others. Now, they will still remain playful and fun. So we're not trying to get rid of that part of them. This is where they're still remaining fun, excitable, optimistic, but being more grounded and focused on the next right thing to do. But just like all of us, we have our seasons, our moments, our days, where we're starting to wander off in our heart disposition and our mindset from knowing we are his beloved child into living in our own strength, which is when we're misaligned with the truth of the gospel. Now, our relationship status with Christ has not changed, 
but our mind and our heart have started to wander off. And when we're living in our own strength, the type sevens, they're going to start to really reject any kind of pain, sadness, or disappointment. And they're going to create new and exciting experiences to avoid these kinds of feelings because it is so uncomfortable for them. And they want to make sure that they're not going to experience anything negative and only positive. So they're going to think of a thousand different plans and be ready at any moment to shift gears to go in the direction of what's more appetizing for them. So they're going to reframe, they're going to convince themselves and others of the silver lining and try to get everyone on their side to go in that direction so they they can um, head in the direction of fun and positivity, excitement, and avoid anything sorrowful or painful or too difficult. Um, and it can also get really scattered in this moment because their their mind is bristling with all of these mixed things that they could do. And they're trying so hard not to focus on difficulties and um, committing to either tasks or finishing tasks or being committed to relationships that might be hard or Uh, conflictual. So this can be hard because others can see and feel that the seven might be fleeing or escaping from their problems, negative experiences, or intense relationship issues. And then when they become out of alignment, the truth of the gospel, this is where they're now totally unaware that they're his beloved child. They actually think or feel that they're an orphan all alone in life, and it's up to them to bring the satisfaction to their life. So at this point, they're going to be focusing entirely on avoiding anything that causes them pain or boredom. And they're going to feel that others are keeping them from joy and happiness. And this can really upset them and irritate them about others. Because they feel like others are keeping them from filling up that it's their problem, their fault. And they just want to move away from anyone that's going to limit them, restrict them from these fun things and get to it their own. They're on their own, they're independent, they're going to go. But this compounds the problem because now they can become more uh, risk takers, reckless, maybe uh, prone to different kinds of addictions of all different sorts, trying their best to fill up that void that they're feeling inside them. Now, all of us have seasons where we're misaligned or out of alignment with the truth of the gospel. And our way back up to being aligned with the truth of the gospel is not just doing better. It's surrendering depending on Christ, who is that spring of living water who fulfills us. So coming back to him, focusing on him, praying, asking him to move in and through us and us walking out uh, our life through faith. He's the one that brings us up those levels of alignment. Now, another category in the Enneagram is called the wings. And the wings are the two numbers on either side of your main type. So for the type seven, the two numbers directly next to them are six and eight. Now, the wings are two numbers that will enhance flavor your personality. Now, if you're healthy and you're aligned with the truth of the gospel, you're going to enhance and flavor in a really great way, right? You're going to draw out the good from your main type. Think of your type as being a filet mignon steak that you're going to cook perfectly. Well, when you season it really well with salt and pepper, it's going to draw out those great flavors, right? So you don't become your wings. You still have the core motivations of your main type. 
But we can also use our wings in not so great of a way when we're misaligned or out of alignment. And so that's when we over season or under season with our wings as well. So it's really important to understand our wings, the two numbers on either side, to be aware of are we using these in good ways or harmful ways. Now, a type seven who uses more of a six wing, and you can use both wings, you can use one more than the other, you can use them both a lot, a little, it's all over the place. But when you're a seven who uses more of a six wing, they're called the entertainer. And these two types are kind of opposites. You've got the seven who's a positive thinker and the six who's trying to think about negative outcomes and trying to prevent them from happening. So what you're going to see is the sevens are looking for that independence, freedom, positivity, stimulating experiences, going from one thing to the next thing. Whereas sixes are focusing on establishing supportive relationships and following trusted leaders or systems so that they feel secure. Now, the entertainers, the seven with a six wing, they're outgoing people. They desire to enjoy lots of adventures with with others. That's important. And they care what others think. They want to make sure that they're committed, they're having fun, they're in touch with people, but they're also making sure that that relationship is secure, just like sixes. They want to know their relationships are secure, they're safe, there's longevity, there's commitment. But that also can be a struggle for the seven. The sevens are willing to pivot at any moment. But this is what's really great about the seven with a six wing is that this is a fun, positive person who is more grounded, responsible and committed to their relationships. Now a seven with an eight wing, they're called the realist. And this is a very aggressive subtype because both of these types demand that people and circumstances satisfy their vast desires. So Sevens know what they want. They have all these exciting things that could happen and how to fill themselves up and they go after them. Remember, they feel like they have to be independent. No one else is going to fill them up. So it's up to them. But then the eight, their core weakness is uh, lust or excess. They know what they want and they're going to go get it. Even if they kind of have to uh, snowplow over certain people, they know what they want and they're going to go get it. So both of these types have really high desires, needs, and wants that they go after. Now, they're the realist, and so they can be assertive and ambitious. They have a lot of intense energy, and they're not going to care so much about what others think, like the seven with a six wing. They're just going to go and do what they feel is right. Now, they're confident and optimistic. They have an amazing innovative spirit that can overcome any obstacle or quote unquote failure. And the reason why I say quotes around failure is that this subtype doesn't really see failure. If something doesn't work, they see it as an opportunity to pivot and to do the next thing and then the next thing and the next thing. They don't allow missteps or quote unquote failures to hold them back or to get them upset. They just move on and learn from their experience. Now they can be super intense and a workaholic because they know what they want and they go get it. And if it takes them a long time or it takes a lot of effort, they will still move forward. And so this subtype is going to move mountains. They are going to get a lot of things done. 
Now let's talk about the Enneagram paths. These are the two lines that are connected to type seven. One line goes to one and one line goes to type five. Now these are the paths that you use when you're under stress and when you're growing. Now you can go to both the highs and the lows of both the types that you are connected with. But for this podcast, we're just going to talk about the stress path and the growth path. We'll be back after a quick break. Moms, it's here. Registration is open for Enneagram for Moms cohort. Yes, from May 6th to May 13th, you can grab your spot to be in one of the cohorts with moms of the same Enneagram type, plus with a certified Enneagram coach leading the way. Wouldn't that be the most amazing thing to be with like-minded moms who really understand what it's like to be on your journey as a mom from your type? Yes, it will feel so validating, reassuring, affirming, encouraging. You don't have to mom alone anymore. Go to yourenneagramcoach.com forward slash cohorts to grab your spot today because there's only 25 spots available for each cohort. Now we have a cohort for all nine types in the daytime and one in the evening. But when the spots are filled up, they're gone. So grab your spot today at yourenneagramcoach.com forward slash cohorts. The group start the week of June 10th and go until the week of July 29th. There are 90 minute sessions and there's eight of them. Plus you'll get a free Facebook group community where you can continue the conversation with one another. Join today. Now the stress path for the type seven is what happens when they're under stress, they're going to move down that line to one, and they're going to take on some of the average to the unhealthy aspects and characteristics of the type one. They don't become a type one. They're still a seven with the seven's core motivations, but they take on some of the aspects. So for instance, when a seven is under stress, they can become more perfectionistic and judgmental, wanting others to live up to these high ideals that they have. They also are going to get upset if others are preventing fun from happening for them. And so they can kind of get nitpicky and critical and insistent that things move in the way that they want. They can also then micromanage others to make sure that things happen the way that they feel that they need to happen. So they can impose restrictions and limitations, both on themselves and others to make sure things are moving forward in the way that they see is right. But as they're stressed, they're going to be more irritable and critical of themselves and others, and even the world for not moving forward in the way that they see fit. Now, when they're growing, on the other hand, and the growth path is so much harder, right? It stretches us, it can feel uncomfortable, but it is so rich and good. Now in the growth path, this is the line that moves from seven to five, they're going to take on the healthy attributes of type five as well. Now, when a seven is moving in this healthy direction, instead of them being scattered and all over the place, and their mind bristling and just kind of going in a variety of different directions, they become more inner focused and grounded. They learn to kind of relax and take time to process and think they allow them themselves to like harness and bring in their hyperactivity and to use that to bring up new creative ideas, but that have clarity that have feet that actually move forward, that it just doesn't jump around. 
They can also accomplish tasks that are in line with their own passions by becoming more organized. Um, And so sevens, you know, who usually want to go from thing to thing to thing, they realize actually they desire to go from point A to point B and they need to find a way and a process to get there. And so the five can kind of help them organize that to become more grounded, profound and focused and to use the wisdom and the knowledge that they have to get them there. And so what's really great is that in this spot of going more inward, instead of fearing the emotional pain and the um, struggles on earth, the seven is able to go inward to observe the world and their emotions and to deal with them as they are, whether they're good, they're bad, happy, sad, struggling, thriving. They're able to see what's in front of them in reality and to deal with it. Now, some of the relationship issues that the sevens might struggle with is sevens love a good time, right? And this kind of fun, vivacious personality really draws people in. But it's that same thing that can actually harm the relationship later on because their high energy moving from thing to thing to thing can actually be exhausting for those that they're in relationship with because they keep their lives nonstop, action-packed, Um, always on the go. And so that can be a problem for their relationship. Now, others may become frustrated when the sevens are talking a lot and focusing on themselves and what they want to do, instead of it being more of a two way relationship uh, communication. And so you'll see sevens if they start to feel trapped or bored or limited, they're going to kind of become impatient and an escapist. They're going to move to the next thing. And it's going to be hard for them to deal with those relational dynamics of confrontation, conversations that can get really emotional and deep, and anything that could um, be too negative. The sevens really want positivity and moving forward, bringing about change. And so to really talk about what some people would call reality the sevens are going to see as very negative and pessimistic, and they don't want anything to really do with that when they're not at their best space. And so the sevens can falsely believe that others are not there to support them. And they're just there to bring them down and to repress them. And so this can really alter and affect how they relate to others and how others then relate to them. Now, how can you get along with a seven? If you have a seven in your life, it could be your kid, a friend, a coworker, parent, spouse. Here are some ideas in how to kind of get along with them and to love them well, is that you want to share stimulating conversation, laughter, anything that's fun and spontaneous with your seven whenever possible. You want to take the time to patiently listen to all of their grand visions and stories without shutting them down. And when you have to give them some sort of chore or mundane task, try to make it fun, creative, Uh, it could be a game, a, a contest, something that invigorates them, and they can find this fun and interesting to do. And realize that being encouraging and positive can really help bring them up instead of focusing just on criticism and painful experiences. And if you fill their tank up with some of this positivity and engaging with them, having fun with them, 
then when there's times that you need to talk about the harder things, you've already filled up their kind of fun satisfaction tank so that they can kind of move into talking about those things they normally wouldn't. But here's a great opportunity for you to also encourage them to drink from the spring of living water, which is Christ himself, to be replenished, to be fully satisfied from him who can only give it to them. Now, here are some things that you want to focus in on in how sevens get activated into conflict. This is really important because what activates you may not be what activates them and vice versa. When a seven is limited, restrained, um, dismissed, or not taken seriously, that can really upset them. Also, if they are required to do mundane tasks, that can really make them kind of crawl on their skin. They feel like they have to jump out into life and do something fun. But they also can get really upset or hurt if they're unjustly criticized. And if they have to focus on any negative circumstance that has no way to get resolved. If people are just wanting to focus in on the negativity or what happened, but they aren't willing to work it through or to have everyone pivot and change into growth or Um, a healthy, happy relationship, just to sit in it is not something that they're going to really want to do. And if they get trapped in these um, places of conflict activation, some of the behaviors that you might see with a seven is that they're going to be an escapist, they're going to avoid these situations that they think are unpleasant. And they're going to think of other alternatives that will actually make them more either comfortable or happy. They're also going to rationalize their behavior reframe circumstances to make it sound a lot better to themselves and others. And they might blame others for them being negative or keeping them from having fun. So sevens, how can you grow in your own ability to deal with conflict? Well, it'll be helpful if you can acknowledge that in life and in conversations that it can't always be fun and stimulating. Now that doesn't mean that you can't look forward to that and try to make that happen, but to recognize that there are some places in life that we actually have to be grounded, see what's really in front of us and deal with those hardships. But to ask God to enable you to have those, the ability to walk through those difficult times, those painful conversations without just reframing it, but to, with other people, acknowledge what's happening, acknowledge the pain and sorrow instead of just escaping from it. And then remain focused in your relationships that have conflict in it, remain focused and committed, resolve the conflict that's in front of you instead of fleeing or escaping so that you can demonstrate that you care for others and your relationship with them. These are such really great key things to do. And for those that are in relationship with sevens, you want to focus in on how to affirm and encourage them. When you see them growing, you want to say, I see the hard work that you're doing. And I'm so thankful and proud of you. And here are some things that you might want to keep in the back of your mind. When you see them doing these things, this is the prime time for you to encourage your seven. When your type seven is listening and remaining focused during conversations, that is a great thing because a lot of times their mind's racing to the thing that they want to share and moving forward. But if they listen and reflect back, that is such a great time to affirm them. 
Now, when sevens remain in difficult situations and discussions instead of fleeing, that is a great opportunity to affirm them, especially when they're finding satisfaction in Christ rather than just experiences, realizing that Christ is the one that that replenishes them, satisfies them. That is a great opportunity to affirm them. Now, at their best, sevens, you are so amazing. Well, just like all the times when we're at our best, right? Sevens, when you're at your best, you realize that setting priorities and limitations will make you even more productive and fulfilled. And so here's where you're going to experience richness and satisfaction because your relationship with Christ will be deep and rooted. You'll be more steady and grounded and you'll be dependable for other people to depend on you, but you're because you're depending on Christ. This is also where your desires are going to be more controlled. And you're going to actually look inward and see what's going on in your inner world instead of just fleeing from it. You're going to be aware and you're going to work on it to grow um, in ways that you never thought possible. And because you're at that place, this will enable you to really embrace the fullness of life whether it's sadness, disappointment, joy, sorrow, contentment, all of it in between, you will be grounded to actually meet that head on. And then at this place, you'll be in awe and grateful for all the things that you're experiencing. And the more you savor that and you're grateful, the more you will be satisfied and fully content. So sevens, I hope that you are seeing how amazing you are to bring positivity, joy, excitement, But the more you get grounded, the more you allow the Holy Spirit to go deep within you and for you to savor the beauty that he has in the spectrum of life, you will bring that radiance to the rest of the world, which will glorify God. I hope that you guys enjoyed this podcast on type sevens for sevens. If you want to go further and learn how to transform your life at an accelerated pace, I highly recommend my exploring you course. This is where I coach you through online videos through five guide sheets that break down your personality into bite-sized lessons so that you can learn, stretch, and grow at a great pace without being overwhelmed. I hope you guys had a great time. We'll see you in the next podcast.